That's recording. Hello, I'm Caroline and welcome to the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast. Today we're speaking to Axel Stelk. He's the CFO of Piglet in Bed. Axel, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Yeah, good, good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. So tell us a little bit about Piglet in Bed. Um, tell us about the business, how it all started and how e-commerce is so in- instrumental to its positioning in the market right now. Yeah, for sure. So Piglet in Bed is a comfort-focused homewares brand. Um, that's how I usually describe it. Um, and that really means that we aim to provide anything that helps people feel more comfortable in their own home. Uh, we've been around since 2018 when my business partner, Jessica Mason, founded the company. And we're probably most well known for our signature linen bedding and sleepwear, um, even though we've recently expanded a tiny bit into new product ranges across the, the entire home. Um, we are really heavily on the e-commerce side. Um, about at, at the moment, about 80% of our sales are coming through e-commerce. Um, so yeah, that's the, the fundamental part. Fantastic. And where does the other 20% come from then? Yeah, so actually, as of or at the end of last year, it was still 100% e-commerce, so primarily through our two websites in the UK and the US. Since the beginning of this year, we've actually branched out quite heavily into B2B. Um, so we've started selling in July through Nordstrom in the US and through John Lewis in the UK, um, both of which have been very, very successful and very shift, quickly shifted our uh, revenue mix, actually. Fantastic. Well, your growth rate for the last year has been 67%, and that's led you to be number 24 on the Lightning 50. How do you think you've managed to achieve such a great growth rate in this last year? Yeah, that's amazing to hear on the the number 24. Um, it's been it's been an interesting journey, and I think, to be honest, at a business our size, it's probably very difficult to just pin it down in, on any one factor. We definitely, coming out of COVID in, at the beginning of 2021, I think a lot of fundamentals changed. We'd all gotten used to the weird lockdown world where e-commerce and I think homewares in particular had obviously uh, benefited quite a bit. We were lucky in the sense that we received investment at the beginning of 2021 from Active Partners, a D2C focused VC fund in the UK. And there were really a number of things that we were able to do following that investment. On the one hand, Active Partners had conducted a fairly detailed due diligence, which to be honest, it was a lot of work and probably distracted us during the due diligence from the actual work. But the output was super helpful just because they did identify pockets basically across the entire um, business, uh, just pockets of value that we could actually exploit further. Um, and we very quickly um, used the investment that they gave us to essentially execute on those. So we um, early in 2021, following the investment, we did a complete rebranding exercise, which um, was really nice. I think we'd obviously built the brand over the previous four years. And I think this rebranding just really helped us uh, in, in together with the rebranding agency to just focus in on the key key parts of the brand that we really wanted to highlight most. We were able to hire a full team. We had previously relied quite heavily on, on kind of freelancers and part-time workers just to be as flexible as possible. And I think this kind of investment just allowed us to hire experts in each parts of the business and let them really take the reins and just drive the business forward. Um, we rebuilt our entire website, which was again, a huge step change for us. We had previously kind of used an out of the box solution from Shopify. And while that took us kind of to that point and obviously did a good enough job, I think the new website just provided a lot more flexibility. Um, 
And then, yeah, there were a couple of other changes we made on the back end just around holding sufficient stock, especially during COVID. We obviously were off stock a lot. So I think the investments just, I think, inventory financing as a CFO, that's definitely always one that is a huge limiting factor for growth. And just having that money to actually buy into the stock with more confidence was a big change. Um, and yeah, we launched a bunch of new products. We upgraded a bunch of our systems, in particular, our CRM system to Metria. We upgraded to Shopify Plus. We started working with a data warehouse solution called Datitude, um, and then implemented a couple of things that we probably should have had in place a long while ago, such as Google Workspace, Slack, Notion, just to manage kind of communication amongst the growing team. Um, so you've had a yeah. pretty quiet, pretty quiet year. Then nothing, nothing yeah. too big. <laughs> no, exactly. Look, loads of holidays. <laughs> Sounds like you've been doing absolutely loads, which completely makes sense with that growth rate, growth rate, fantastic stuff. So tell me, how does that actually equate into some of your year-on-year -year revenue numbers? Is it paying off all of this investment? Yeah, it's definitely, it, it has been. And I think in particular, again, just going back to the due diligence, there were a couple of areas that we identified where, so when Jessica and I started the business, we, neither of us had a background in retail. So I think neither of us really knew how to do this D2C thing. And a lot of it, we just figured out ourselves. We have never been people to look too closely at our competition. I think, if anything, we were always worried that we might just copy their mistakes. So I think very early on, we, we essentially tried to just do things our way. And that definitely helped along the way. But I think at the same time, while it meant we were able to think outside the box, it also meant there were just some very basic things that probably we should have been doing earlier. So I think one example I, I often go back to is just SEO. Um, it was something I think neither Jessica nor myself had any background in. And so for the longest time, we, we essentially avoided it a tiny bit. And I think part of the, the team that we hired was an SEO expert. And uh, in 2021 and 2022, in particular year to date, our organic search volumes have just gone through the roof. And it really has shown us just how much opportunity there is there. Um, that's just one example. I think the other one that definitely early on we we had been flagged by our investors is that our conversion rate on our side was probably lower than it should be. Um, so a lot of the changes that we made, in particular rebuilding the website, holding more stock, but also pretty much any other part of what we were doing was just focused on bringing that up. And we've seen so far this year, I think conversion rate has more than doubled, um, which is really good to see and has been super helpful, especially in the current environment. It's so interesting that that whole idea that you hadn't come from retail and not copying their mistakes and then also analysing where, where you might have fallen fallen through and, and really acting on that immediately. So do you think that's been some of the, the factors behind your success, which is, you know, standing out from the crowd, doing it your way, but also being quite self-critical as well, I suppose? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I would say that was definitely a key factor. I think there's a number of things that we did quite unusually, especially when we got launched in 2018. I think hiring a CFO as kind of the first employee to join the business is probably not what most businesses would do. Usually a CFO is probably one of the last hires that you would look at. Um, I'm glad Jessica did bring me along on the journey. And I think one of the things I did very early on in particular was just kind of figure out on the one hand, are the unit economics scalable? So actually, does this business make any sense? And we made some fairly early changes to those as well, just to basically say, if we're going to scale this, let's scale this profitably. At the time, there were other large brands, especially in the D2C space, that were heavily fueled by VC funding. And I think it's very easy to just pick up a lot of bad habits if that's the case and just essentially rely on the next funding round to get you to the growth that you need to see. Jessica and I both said very early on, let's not do that. Let's stay profitable, grow a bit slower, build a really strong brand. 
and when the time is right, take some investment essentially to scale it up. And I think by now, obviously, that investment thesis has been validated. I think most B2C brands nowadays know they need to be profitable to attract investment. Um, and yeah, for us, it has meant that actually now that a recession is looming again, we're in a much better position because we're not reliant on raising more money from other investors. Yeah, we're in a completely different market to, four, you know, only four years ago that you guys launched and it's, it's complete, you've gone, you've gone through a lot, you know, there's Brexit and COVID and now what we're, we're heading into now, just having that solid business foundation sounds like a really sensible move. So tell us over the last year in particular, what has been have been the biggest challenges that you've been facing has it been in your supply chain has it been more on the front end what what's been the big issues for you yeah i mean there has been so much change across the entire business and generally speaking we always say change is good because if nothing changed i think the existing companies in this space would probably stay be investing in the existing companies i think for us kind of smaller startups change is actually where we do better because we're slightly more nimble, we're more flexible, we can adjust faster, we can change things faster. Um, the biggest area of change or the biggest challenge, let's say, that we've been facing is definitely coming out of COVID. A lot of brands during COVID, especially larger brands, I think moved into online, obviously selling to their customers. A lot of them moved into online marketing as well. And coming out of lockdowns, I think a lot of customers obviously were like, all right, let's go back to the high street. Let's go shopping as we used to again. But brands didn't do that. Brands continued to both sell offline, but also to stay online, which meant all at once the demand was going down, but the supply of, of online, um, I guess, kind of supply or, of retailers stayed the same, which meant that on a marketing side of things, especially paid marketing costs have just gone through the roof. And at least from the brands that I'm speaking to, that's kind of has been the case across the board. I do think homewares in particular has been particularly impacted just because a lot of customers bought probably their fair share of homewares. Um, again, that has been a huge challenge, especially because we previously, I think as we built the brand relied heavily on paid marketing. To us, I think the moment that we realized it, it almost became a bit of an opportunity. And we said, actually in the long run, do we wanna be a brand that just spends a lot of money on these paid marketing channels or what type of brand would we actually like to be? And the answer is obviously we want to be a brand where organic is the main driver of growth, where essentially customers recommend our products to, to their friends and family because they're good products, they had a great experience with our customer service. So we did, at the end of last year, we did a fairly aggressive rejig of our strategic plans. We sat down with the board and basically said, here's how we're gonna change the business bottom up, here's how we're gonna change our customer acquisition strategy. And over basically the first six months of this year, which were incredibly stressful, uh, we managed to shift our, our um, traffic mix in particular to the side very, very heavily in favor of organic. So I think um, we're now sitting probably at something between 60 to 70% organic traffic, which was probably the inverse last year. So a very quick change, um, <laughs> but yeah, driven by, by a challenge that faced. That's so impressive. Um, so talk, you've talked a little bit about quite a few of the different technology platforms you've used and the techniques. Which is the one technology platform that's really helped you grow in recent months and the past year? Yeah, it's a good one. Um, there's definitely, I mean, we're using, as, as I think most D2C brands nowadays, we're using a whole myriad of different platforms. I'd say Shopify is definitely at the center of it all for us. And Shopify has been great pretty much since just kind of day one, it's not. It's probably not the most <laughs> surprising one or something out of the ordinary, but I think for us, just the flexibility of plugging all of these different solutions into it and also being able to just upgrade solutions very easily when the time has come without having to build, let's say, new integrations or having to redo, um, yeah, 
we do much. I think one example, for example, is we used to be on a um, Klaviyo, which again, I'm sure many people in this space will know as kind of our CRM platform. I think there came a point over the last year where we realized again, as part of the, the shift into more organic channels that CRM was gonna be a key part of our strategy and we decided to upgrade to Metria, um, which kind of does a lot of the same stuff as Klaviyo, but just had slightly more flexibility, slightly more functionality as well. And this has, has been great for us so far. And I think same has really happened across the board. I think in most places we were using solutions that were great to get started with. And in, in pretty much all places, we were able to find a solution that was essentially right for the next stage of growth. And I'm sure that's going to keep happening over the next couple of years. Yeah, standard issues that happen to uh, startups that are growing very fast, having to upgrade. Um, so what are some of the new technologies you're thinking of using in the coming months or years to help you support your future growth? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I was thinking about this earlier. I think definitely one area where I can, and I'm, I'm coming at this kind of from the, the finance and the operations background of things. So I'm sure if you ask other people in the business, they'd be excited about different things. I think from my side, definitely, we're, we're currently doing a massive push into up, upgrading our um, demand forecasting, as well as our merchandising function. A lot of this currently sits in spreadsheets. And to be honest, I personally, I love spreadsheets, I had to say it. Uh, but also, in general, it's good when you kind of do anything new, building it in a spreadsheet is a useful way just to make sure you understand it all, you understand what data is flowing into it and how that data influences your decisions. I could imagine that down the line, a lot of this probably can be done better by a computer or not by a computer, but rather by technology, by technology that talks to each other. So by connecting the various system, having our our BrightPearl, our um, backend ERP system connected into this and essentially drive decisions a lot faster using using any kind of data insights in a lot more efficient way as well we're looking at one company right now called board which does this for very very large retailers so it's still early days i've just started exploring it but i could imagine that a year or two down the line this would be a core solution um, i'd say the other one that fits very closely to that is the data warehouse solution that i mentioned attitude which again is, is one of the things i think when you're small you have data you have a lot of it but you don't quite have the money to actually really explore it in, in the ways that you'd like or really take advantage of it to the extent that you'd like. Um, with Datitude, we've definitely just seen that um, we're able to dig into the data a lot better, a lot faster. We can get report generated on a fairly regular basis. Um, yeah, it just gave us a lot more flexibility. But again, there's just so much more we can probably do with it, which um, we've, yeah, we've barely scratched the surface it often feels. So as I said, you ranked number 24 in the UK Lightning 50 list. So huge congratulations. Um, what does that recognition mean to you, the business and your employees? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's amazing to hear that. I think when we submitted the application, it was a bit of a, let's see where it goes. And again, as, as I mentioned earlier, we don't look at our competition too closely, especially in the same space. We often think like large retailers in the spaces where we see our competition. I think all of the other D2C brands that are doing similar work to us, we are, none of us are really fighting each other. I think we're all replacing an existing system. Um, but yeah, it's great to hear. I mean, number 24 is amazing. As you've heard, like we've done so much work and I mean, honestly, the team, everyone, it, everyone is excited by the journey, but it's, it definitely is a full on journey. And so I think kind of having these type of milestones and hearing these type of things just really validates like all of that hard work is paying off. It's not just hard work for the sake of it, but it's actually taking us places and probably at a fast rate than another company, which is very exciting. Oh, it's so well deserved. Uh, congratulations you, again. Sorry. Apple. 
And uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fantastic hearing about your journey. To our audience out there, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you with another episode very shortly. Fantastic. Not even any edits. Amazing. Just-